Welcome. My name is Tracy Stevens, and this is the Healing Point Podcast. So thanks so much for joining me and uh, agreeing to have this conversation today. What is it that you would like to explore? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I'm, I'm, I really feel blessed and honored. I'd like to talk about my thyroid. Okay. H- however, I'm not very clear if what is triggering my thyroid is some sort of leaky gut. And I feel that that is the origin of all of my uh, problems related with the thyroid. Okay, well, we can we can ex- see where it takes see where the conversation takes us. So maybe we could start with the symptoms that you're experiencing and and how it feels. Yeah, sure. I'm going to give you some background because I feel it's important. Before the pandemic in, in 2020, I was diagnosed with hypothyroid dysgram. I was very like super tired. And at that moment, I had two jobs. I was working in a nonprofit organization. And I was on my end, I was doing some coaching and I was very stressed. And I was like noticing my like my hair was falling. And and yes, I went to the doctor and the doctor said, Well, you're beginning with hypothyroidism and you need to take some medicine. And I started feeling a little bit better, but then the pandemic hit and I was not very happy with my work and that organization. And I thought, well, we're in lockdown and I don't want to keep on working with that organization. So I quit the organization and that was in March where when lockdown really hit. I I started feeling a sense of relief. However, the symptoms were like getting a little bit worse. Like I started feeling like with some headache and then my, my throat was getting very sore. And then in April and June, I started like getting my hand very stiff. And then by the end of July, my feet were the same up to the point where I could not could not even like walk. And the doctor said, well, it's rheumatoid arthritis. And I was like, no, I'm not buying this diagnosis. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm just not going there. The doctor said, you need to start taking steroids. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that at all. So I call a friend of mine who has arthritis with a long, for a long time. And she said, you need to cut gluten, dairy, and grains. And the moment I started doing that, I started feeling better. So that, that was the first moment that I noticed that it was not my thyroid, but it was like my, like my stomach. The, the more that I control my nutrition, the better I felt with my body. And then the symptoms of, of being stiff in my spit and in my hands disappeared. And uh, the more I supplemented with milk thistle and turmeric, the more I felt better. 
However, I was very well financially with coaching. So I, I went back again with the nonprofit. And, and again, I started like being very stressed. And I am very, I'm doing very well with my nutrition. However, I feel that um, the symptoms are back. Okay. And thank you for that, because that just really helps. Yeah. Give me a picture of, of, of what's going on and where you're at. On a day-to-day basis now, how well do you sleep? Mm, I feel that, um, again, my, my whole digestive system is very, very slow. So I usually do not have dinner and I do fasting and that kind of helps. But for whatever reason, if I don't work out, like I wake up in the middle of the night around 4 or 5 a.m. with digestive issues and I'm kind of very bloated. So I definitely need to work out every day, drink a lot of water, do fasting be very mindful about my nutrition so I don't wake up. If I really take very good care of all of those things, I, I sleep like for eight, nine, ten hours. Great. Okay. And how possible is it for you to keep up all those things or how do you manage? Do you, is it tricky or? Yeah, it's very tricky because it, I feel that it requires a lot, a lot of work, like a lot of work. Like I, I, I really need to be super present with my body, with my nutrition, with my drinking water. I, I mean, it's just like a full-time job. And it, it, it's really, really very exhausting. I feel that my soul system is very slow. It's constipated. It's not moving. It, and with every minor thing, it gets bloated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it just wants to stop. Yeah. So are you still working for the nonprofit organization that gives you the stress? Yeah. It gives me the stress, but it gives me some financial relief. Yes. I get that. Okay. Let's talk about the stress for a moment, if that's all right. Yeah. How do you feel the stress? How, does you, how do you know you're under stress? I feel that my mind is like non-stopping, like rushing, like thinking and thinking and thinking. And then I feel that I have some rushes in my hands, mainly my hands. And I'm like constantly very anxious. And and then I'm very, very tired, like by week seven, I'm already exhausted. And I see it as you're moving, you know, that um, th- there's like an agitation. Yes. And what is it that happens in your job that you find stressful? I just sometimes I feel that I'm not enough. And how do you feel that? I mean, what makes you think that? What what happens in your job to make you feel like that? When it comes to meeting like the financial goals of the organization, they are just not being met. Not necessarily by me, but the people that work with me. Yes. Yeah, so so basically goals aren't being met. And how much responsibility do you have or are you taking on for that? Well, I usually take everything on me. <laughs> so I don't know how this works for you in, in, your, in this work, but is it true? 
that you are responsible? Well, that's a very good question because it's not necessarily true. Okay, so that's all we need to know right now. So, so yeah, so you feel this huge burden of responsibility in your job. And when you think about that, when you think about going to work in the morning, how does your body feel? On, on one end, very excited because I love I love what I do, in both in in coaching or in the nonprofit organization. I really feel I. I, I love doing that, but I feel very stressful. So I hear you, what you, what's happening is you've got the two jobs. You've got the private coaching. Is that, yes. is that right? Yeah. And then you've, you've got the nonprofit organization, which you're working for. Is that right? Yes. What bits of it, what parts of the job do you enjoy and what parts of the job don't you enjoy? So I love uh, communication, marketing, social media, talking, giving lectures for the organization, organizing, uh, directing. And I don't like fundraising. I don't like asking for money. I don't like talking about donations. I don't like uh, selling. Okay, interesting. So you like all the aspects of communication. Yes. Um, but there's a big issue around the money. So I, I love talking about what we do in the organization when, when it comes to, okay, this is what we do. So we need your money. That's the point where I like, no, okay. I, I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable. So if you were, if you wake up in the morning and you know, you've got to do some fundraising, for example, or asking corporations or whatever it is for money, how, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning, knowing that that's part of your day? No, I don't feel, I, I, no, I feel very stressed about that. Okay. Before you've even started work, you'll, you'll have that stress, overthinking, your mind going. Yeah. And even like I, sometimes I feel like I go into like paralysis. If I could cancel the day, <laughs> the appointment, I would do it. Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting, that word you use, paralysis. And that's important when we're thinking about the gut as well. You see the link? Yeah, I'm seeing it now. So let's just hold that for a moment. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to take you back to to your childhood. Okay. And is there anything that you can think of when you think of the words, like when you think about communicating when you think about overwhelm paralysis do those do those words spark anything about your childhood experiences well yes uh, when I was a child in my family there was non-communication none none at all whatsoever right we usually did not talk about anything we didn't talk about our emotions or feelings our days, our struggles. My dad was not very present because he was mostly working and he would work sometimes on Saturdays. And I, I usually did not see him, um, not even for dinner. So he would come home and he would be very stressed and he would go into his room with my mom and I. On a daily basis, I would not see him. I would see him 
sometimes over the weekend. Uh, and he would always give me money for whatever I wanted. And with my mom, she she was really not available. She was she was into doing her thing and she was really not available. So there was non-communication at all. So I feel that I grew up very lonely in in, the, in that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it- that is a picture that I'm sort of forming in my mind as you're talking. What would happen if you did ask for something? Was it acceptable for you to ask for things? That's very interesting because I I was I remember that I usually would ask for a lot of money. When I was also 15, my dad gifted me with a car. And I was like the first to have a, a car. <laughs> it's cool. And I would always ask for things and, and things were, were given to me. Yeah. I would ask for clothes. I would ask for, and things were given to me. I mean, I'm, I'm the oldest and I, I don't remember spending time with my mom on my own, nor with my dad. You were able to ask for money and you did receive you receive that material stuff but what you didn't receive was anything emotional yes so like I would ask for company let's say if I would ask for hey can we can I go play and can you come with me and play mom and dad were not available nor my brother or sister does anything come into your mind like a memory of like when you've asked when you asked for uh that support or to come and play with you does any, do you have a specific memory of being rejected you know or that that being turned down at all I was at school one day and I would I was only eight I think and I would I was invited to read a poem in front of the whole school and it was on Mother's Day and I remember reading the poem and making some mistakes while I was reading the poem. And then <clears throat> I came down the stage and went to my mom and I felt very rejected <clears throat> because I'd made some mistakes while reading the poem. And I, I felt that I was embarrassing my mom and I felt very rejected. Uh, and that was very painful for me. That was very, very painful for me. Yeah, that is that is really painful for an eight-year-old child when she's done her best. Yeah. And in front of everybody else. And it's mother's day. Yeah, that was that was major. And then some things happened in my childhood. And uh my youngest sister, when she was only two, she was hit by a car. And the difference between me and my sister is about a year. So I feel that when I was seven, eight, nine, ten, it was always about my sister, my younger sister, and it was not about me. Yeah. And it and it wasn't about you, but inside of you, you had a really strong need to be noticed, to be loved. Yeah. As we're talking about this, what's happening inside your throat right now? It's like very dry. Yeah. 
So I'm just I'm just bringing your attention to it because it's it's related to everything that's coming up right now. Yes, yes, it's a little bit tight. Okay. After that incident where you you read the poem and you said that was a very influential time for you. Um, how did you then alter your behaviour after that, do you think? <laughs> I, I, it shifted completely. I, I got very isolated. And and I and, and after that, I remember just doing my best to be the very best student. Right. Like I would work very hard, like to not make any mistakes, like to get straight A's, like to be top of the class. Yeah. But that was that was exhausting. That was really exhausting for many, many years. Many, many years. Yes. And here's the reflection of what's happening now. Say more. So in the job where you're actually having to speak speak out, you're all right doing the talks, you're all right doing the explaining and and the teaching side of it. But when you need a response from people, notice how difficult that is for you. Yeah, it's, yeah, you, you said it perfectly. Yeah. So, so what do I do? So the thing that's happening inside of you is, it's very interesting, isn't it, that you've got this job <laughs> whereby you've got this um it's these repeating patterns happen in in people's lives it's very interesting this is a bit like every time you have to ask for money it's the same it's, it's you know it's practically the same as you standing on stage reading that poem yeah give you another situation where you haven't got to ask for anything and you're okay yeah so like we've just explored, that eight-year-old is still alive inside of you. She's still there. It's a, almost like a fractured part of you, if, if that makes sense. So there's you, adults, doing your jobs really proficiently, living your life, doing this other communication, which is helping people. But in this form of communication, you're thrown right back to being an eight-year-old on stage every time and being rejected. Oh. Hence the blockage, hence the thyroid. Yeah, yeah. So the eight-year-old inside of you, she doesn't want to go on stage again. She doesn't want to put herself through that rejection again. Every time you do it, she is screaming in your nervous system. No, we don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And every time you're dragging her, you're not holding her hand. You're literally going, no, we've got to do it. So, so there's resistance. There's this resistance. Yeah, I get it. Yes, I, I totally get it. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> So that is very accurate, very, very accurate. However, being on stage is one of the things that I love the most. I love being on stage, but, but then what do I do? I don't, I don't want to feel rejected again. Well, no, of course, which is the fear of being on stage, isn't it? 
Yeah. It's the fear. I'm not saying that necessarily that everyone can just get rid of their fear just like that. But the way forward here is to every time you go on stage and before you do, is that you are holding your eight-year-old by the hand and saying, come on, let's do it together. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So not rejecting her or the feelings of it. So, so of course, she is petrified. The minute you've got something on like that and you see it in the diary, the expectation is rejection. Yeah. Okay. And she, and like I've said, she is connected to your nervous system. So she is shutting everything down. I don't know if you can imagine like this eight-year-old girl on the, on the edge of the stage, you know, and she's rigid, par- paralyzed. She, she doesn't want to go on. Yeah. But at the moment, what's happening is you're shoving her and she's not, you know, she's not moving her, her legs and arms are straight. Think of your hands. Yeah. She is, she's holding everything tense to stop doing that work. Whereas if you can work in your mind with her, if you can visualize her in your mind and every, you know, at all times, if you can keep her by your side and be the parent that she didn't have, give her the things that she needs So in your mind, you're constantly talking to her going, you know what, it's going to be okay. I've got you. We're going to do it together. You haven't got to do it on your own. And every time you do it, you go, good job. Fantastic. Look how you manage there. Yeah. It will help doing this sort of work on a constant sort of basis, you know, take some time out every day, if you can, to be still and imagine her with you by your side. She's not alone. So it's like an internal reparenting program. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And, you know, and I'm not saying this is a quick fix, but hopefully over time you will see this improve and the feelings improve. Because the stress is that the, the stress that you feel is what's happening in your whole system, gut included. Okay. Everything is is putting brakes on. You know, every part of you is the clenched fist. Every part of you is tension, is holding. Yeah, it's like the whole system is getting paralyzed. Exactly. There's a lot of fear, and you did it so much when you were younger. It was completely the pattern that you did. You know, you were, you were, you were constantly um, pushing yourself to be better, pushing her to be better pushing her not to make any mistakes we can't make mistakes and I don't know how you feel when you're presenting especially when you're doing the fundraising stuff if you make a mistake (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, we often do this, don't we? Rain down negative comments, a negative self talk in our heads. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is, this is brilliant. <laughs> You're you're so welcome. And let's just let's just end it. Let's just end this this by creating a vision for you of what it's what it will be like for first of all for this job to be so easy. It's so easy for you to get up and do whatever is required within these within this job. It, it's amazing. It gives you the financial security, and yet and you find it so easy to do and enjoy it. Yeah. And can you imagine standing on that stage alongside your eight-year-old? It's like, imagine that picture. There you are holding a hand, speaking to loads of important people who have lots of money and saying, invest in us. We're important. Yeah, we matter. Yeah, we, both of us, we matter and and look, look at us. We need your support and imagine how that will feel. Does that feel good, that image? Yeah, it does. It does. It sounds like you're doing really important work. Thank you. I I actually feel like a sense of release right now. Great. Because you've you've been seen. Your eight-year-old has been seen. Well, what I'm hearing is a lot of work with my little girl, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Absolutely. And um, the food and the gut is really important, of course. And I'm, I'm not discounting that. But your body is completely capable of working a thriving way. So it's just integrating this part of you that has been sort of pushed aside and is, is still wounded. So you can, um, this process is integrating her allowing words to come through because of the thyroid is all about is all about being able to speak and speak your worth that is so powerful yeah and just be and the only thing i i just want to end with is just be careful with the effort yeah because effort is work work is effort in your body your body is exhausted from the effort you, you might have heard yourself saying that earlier. It's like everything's such hard work and it is effort. You know, it's a mindset at the end of the day because it's you're doing things that you don't necessarily want to do. The working out, whilst it does help your gut, is not helping your energy. Yeah. Like I mentioned before, like it feels like a full-time job, like working out, drinking water, Preparing my food, being mindful about nutrition, going to the market, choosing the right food, if, uh, taking supplements. It's a job. It's a job. It's like I have an alarm for my thyroid medicine, for the supplements, for this, this. It's a full-time job. And I'm really exhausted. Just remember what you said earlier about your inner child wanting to play. Think about balance in your life. It's really important that you spend some time playing and starting to um, release some of the control 
Your body knows how to do this. You know, like that eight-year-old knew how to do things. She's quite capable of doing things. Yeah. It's releasing a bit of control. It's relaxing your system whenever you can, rather than working at working your system whenever you can. In relaxation, that's when our digestion starts to work better. Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. <laughs> when you're in efforting and, and working and pushing mode, your digestive system closes off. It makes sense, doesn't it? If you think about like an ideal scenario that you have a meal in, in, a, in company and you eat slowly and you're having fun and you're enjoying conversation and it's all in a relaxed, nurturing loving manner that's when your system works best you know in that relaxed calm state so your aim is to is to give yourself the gift of rest and calmness and space well i cannot be grateful enough for you really truly i like i i just feel so it feels very i feel complete i feel that you certainly sexually stayed and helped me untangle everything. Yeah. Yeah. And well done. And, um, and thank you. No, my God. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm beyond blessed for, for allowing me to be part of, of, of your podcast and, and everything you do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, you'll find a lot more content on my Instagram account at thehealingpoint.underscore. If you have a question you'd like to explore and are willing to take part in the podcast, you'll find all the information you need on my website, which is www.tracystevens.org slash podcast. Thanks and see you soon.